Hi, I'm Erica, and I'm a queer, neurodivergent member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm on a mission to spread empathy and create inclusion and understanding. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, episode five. What's it like to be diagnosed as autistic as an adult woman? The perspective of one person. (laughs) I don't want you to think that this is some kind of collection or research or something. This is my experience. And also as I've connected with other autistic adult women, they, most of them say they have had the same experience as me. Um, so the reason I found out that I am autistic is because I'd gone through treatment for anxiety, for OCD, and there was still this lingering loneliness. Now, loneliness is something that I've experienced a lot of in my life. Probably many of you have as well. Um, But I had this kind of deep, lonely feeling. I had thoughts like, I'm really different than other people. I'm so different. How come I don't fit in? Um, I also had a lot of recognition that I seemed to perceive things differently than other people. And that really confused me. There was just like this disconnect that I often felt. Um, But along with that loneliness, there was this kind of isolation feeling that persisted for many years. And after being treated for OCD, I was feeling a lot better overall. And I feel like I had a lot more self-awareness, but there was still this nagging feeling that of loneliness, I guess a feeling of loneliness and a nagging feeling that I was still different. And I started to realize that I was exhausted all the time, especially from social interactions and just everyday life. Um, I would get together with friends and like, we would all be like, that was nice. Let's do it again. And then I would get home and realize like, I still feel lonely and I still feel this disconnect between me and my friends. Um, I met with a, I started learning about what, what autistic, what autism looks like in adult women. And I started really relating to those things. And I met with a therapist who specialized in both OCD and had a lot of experience with autistic individuals. And that was hugely healing for me because first of all, I chose a therapist who specialized in OCD because um, this is an alert to any of you out there who might have OCD. Regular talk therapy does not work for OCD and it actually really aggravates OCD in most cases. So that was my experience before getting diagnosed with OCD. I would meet with therapists and the therapy process would make my OCD worse because my therapists were helping me engage in mental compulsions of um, saying there was, you know, a trigger or a obsession And then they'd help me like dive into it and analyze it, which is one of the mental compulsions I struggle with. We would analyze the patoojis out of these obsessions. That's just a word I made up right now. Um, And so we would just analyze, analyze and never get anywhere. And I would still have the same anxiety. And then they'd be like, I don't see what's wrong. And I would feel this really sad feeling of isolation even worse because not even my therapist could understand me. 
Not even my therapist knew what was happening. And my therapist wasn't able to validate my OCD experience because I didn't know it was going on. So that's why I went to a therapist who specialized also in OCD so that um, if I started getting wrapped into the OCD stuff, they could recognize it and help me be aware of it. This therapist offered so much validation that my soul really, really needed. Um, an important note is that this therapist had a lot of experience with autistic individuals, female and male, and also had um, their own autistic child. And so for them, there wasn't this, this kind of taboo or stigma around being autistic that like, oh, another disorder to deal with. Like, no, for him, um, being autistic was, is a beautiful and wonderful thing, especially to understand better, more about yourself and to have more clarity about how your mind works. So I really appreciate his attitude because going into the sessions as we explored this and as he confirmed, yes, <laughs> you, you definitely have the signs and symptoms of being an autistic person. Um, but it was never a negative thing to him. It was something that was exciting. Like, I'm excited for you because you're coming to understand yourself understand yourself in a whole new way, in a way that's going to help you connect much more deeply with yourself and with other people. And it's going to bring you self-understanding and compassion. And it really did. Um, just one small example of how my mindset shifted. So as an autistic person, you're often hiding your true self or your true um, experiences and feelings from other people because you know that you don't fit in and you know that your your perspectives might come across as odd and your regular behaviors might come across as weird and people might misunderstand. So you start learning to hide those things. That's called masking. One way that I was masking was um, with my own home. I told my therapist, my home is a really special place to me. I just feel like I can, it's the one place in the world where I can be at ease and I can completely be myself. But I had this huge fear of inviting people into my home because it's such a special space for me. Like this is where I get to be me and I don't have to put on my mask. It's the one place where I don't put on my mask. But I wanted to have friends over and I wanted to welcome people into my life. So I would, when I did invite people, people over after getting over that anxiety wall, I would, you know, frantically clean and, and change the way things were to make it like acceptable for another person of like, okay, I've seen these other people's houses and they look like normal houses. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't use the word normal because we're all normal in our own ways. <laughs> but other, especially other stay-at-home moms, like I've seen their homes and I felt like, wow, they have something that I don't have. Like they understand something that I under that I don't understand. Their house has a certain like aesthetic to it and like this cohesive interior design. And it's usually like a lot more clean or, or organized than mine. And I really like pets. So I often have pets in my home. It's just very different than other people's homes. And so I would try to like hide what made my home unique. I would try to make it look more normal <laughs> before people came in. And I shared this with my therapist. I said, it's such a stressor for me because my home is my safe place. And he said, here's an idea. What if instead of you changing your home to make other people feel comfortable, you make your home comfortable for you. Make your home your safe space, your comfortable space, and then be selective about who you invite in. If someone's gonna respect that space of yours and you want them to come in, you can invite them in. 
but you do not need to invite people into your safe space if you don't feel safe about it. You do not need to change your safe space to make other people feel more comfortable. And that's just an example of like the perspective shift that it gave me in my life of like, wow, even my personality, the way I talk, so many things I do, I alter to make other people comfortable. And now I'm in this process of, okay, let's peel off that mask. Let's stop changing my home to make people comfortable. Let's make my home comfortable for me. I'm trying to do that with my personality, with how I interact with people in social situations. Um, but it's hard. And at first, when I when I got this realization, I am autistic, I was kind of like over the moon. I was excited. I was like, wow, this this explains so much. Ever since I was a young kid, I felt very different and odd. And I did get bullied in elementary school for being different until I figured out how to stop being different. It was around middle high school, especially high school, that I like fully learned how to put on my mask and to not come across as looking different anymore, at least not super different than other people. Um, but there was other things too, like I had a lot of shame around my autistic traits because I didn't know that they were autistic traits. I didn't know I was autistic. Um, for example, I love to write. I'm an author. And there's one book that I wrote. It's a little novella. It's not super long, but I, I love it. It has a special place in my heart. And I wrote it in three days. I wrote the entire draft, but it was actually like in really good shape. It was not a messy first draft. It was a very polished draft. And it didn't take a lot of revising to get it ready to be published. And people have read that little novella and told me this is really beautiful. And this like was really important for me to read. Um, but for a long time, I had a lot of shame around that novella because I thought this whole novella was a giant OCD compulsion. <laughs> like I should not have been this obsessed with it. I should not have been this fixated on finishing it in three days because all I knew was that with my OCD, I would get obsessions about things. After learning about being autistic, I discovered that, oh, this was not an OCD obsession. My hyperfixation on on my book was like one of my autistic gifts like my ability to get really deep into research really deep into a topic and to explore every detail of it and to be able to explain it clearly and um and share information in a way that's clear that people understand that's an, a gift that i have as an autistic person and it's part of my special interests and my hyperfixations And so these areas of my life where there was shame or kind of self-loathing, there began to be gratitude and self-compassion and self-admiration and self-respect. And that was a beautiful thing for me to experience. Um, but apparently this is common and this is what's been going on for me is that when you're first diagnosed as autistic as an adult, especially an adult Adult women tend to, well, women in general, females in general, um, ha tend to have higher abilities to mask from a young age. So that's why it's very common for women to be diagnosed much later in life than some men. And that's not always the case. That's just kind of a trend. Um, a lot of girls, young girls, even if they're autistic, they have 
good abilities to like really high ability and capability of masking, which means blending in, you know, hiding their artistic traits and taking on what they see as common neurotypical traits so that they can blend in and not be teased and not suffer that like social isolation and social criticism that comes from being different, especially as a little girl, they kind of have to um, fit in to a different degree, I think. And be aware these are, you know, this is my perspective. I'm not saying that this is all fact or that this is all perfectly correct. Um, so it's very common for women who are diagnosed later in life, like as an adult or um, middle-aged or older um, or young adult, is that they go through that same euphoric phase that I went through of like, wow, my life makes sense now. I finally understand why I felt so different and so lonely. And I understand now why I have these fixations on things and why my mannerisms and my speech are different than other people's. Um, but then as that starts to fade and you start getting hit by the reality of, wait, if I've been masking my whole life, like who am I really? If I started masking when I was an elementary school aged child or a high schooler or middle schooler, and I've been masking all these years, like what's underneath that? What's left of me? Like, who am I really? And you get hit with this kind of eye-opening of like, instead of a happy eye-opening, a sad eye-opening of the realization of what it really means to be autistic in a world that wasn't made for autistic people. And realizing that you're autistic and that you've been denying that part of yourself for so long and you're not connected with it very well anymore. So this is kind of like a stage of grief where you, you start to accept that it's gonna take a lot of work and time to, to uncover the person underneath the mask and to reconnect and love that person. And this is something I'm experiencing is that as you're trying to unmask that person, you, you come across a lot of fears, maybe in a lot of past traumas because you start to say, wait a second, I put this mask on for a reason. The reason I put this mask on in the first place is so that people at school would stop teasing me or so that I could make friends or so that people would stop commenting on these quirks I have that were different and odd to them. And so as you're unmasking as an adult, you're facing all those securities all of a sudden that you've kind of been able to hide from. Um, and as you're allowing your truer self to come through, other people might see like a change in you of like, why are you acting differently? Or um, why are you doing these things all of a sudden that you haven't done before? And it's it's a hard and uncomfortable change to make. And I've had many experiences already where I, I felt like I'm finally unmasking. I'm, I'm being more true to myself. And then you realize, oh, do I want this? Because maybe other people don't want it. Maybe I want it, but maybe other people aren't ready for it and they don't want it because it makes them uncomfortable. One example of this is that um, as a writer, I have kind of a professional image I try to keep up. And I sell my books at events, at schools, at farmer's markets. I don't keep up a complete mask. At, like at elementary schools, I talk about mental health and mental illness, and I share some of my own experiences. Same at Farmer's Market, I'm, I'm happy to talk to people about my real experiences with mental illness or being autistic. But there's a big difference between talking about your mental illness or your 
or your identity as an autistic person and then actually allowing someone to see that and allowing someone to see you in those things is much scarier and more vulnerable than just talking about it from it in like kind of a distanced way um so one example is when i'm at my farmer's markets i tend to be really social sociable sociable i don't actually know how to pronounce that word i tend to be really social and i'm good at that because that's part of my masking strategy is from when i was about 16 years old in 10th grade i decided yes i have been socially anxious and terrified of people for my whole life but i'm going to change that <laughs> so i started finding a person in my school to copy who was outgoing and so i copied her behaviors and i learned how to be outgoing i learned what questions to ask i learned what behaviors to have i learned how to smile at people and look them in the eye i learned that if i always asked them questions about themselves they'd always have something to say and i didn't have to be worried about what i was going to say so i learned to put on this social mask um, that made me come across as very friendly and outgoing which i think i am friendly and outgoing but i'm also shy and horrified of social situations <laughs> so there's a little bit of a conflict there sometimes um, and so when i'm at farmer's market selling my books and i'm showing this show social side it comes across as being professional and as being someone who oh you wrote a book i'm interested in reading it because you seem like a put together person you seem kind and smart and capable on the other hand, there are days where I am, so if I am social during the farmer's market, I get completely socially burnt out afterwards. And it takes me, let's see. So the farmer's market's usually four to five hours long. And if I try to keep up my social face for two to four hours of that, then you can count on the fact that for the rest of that entire Saturday, I will be in my room with a dim light or no light in social isolation <laughs> i will not want to hear a single sound i will not i will not want any bright lights or loud noises or noises in general and i'll be recovering from wearing that mask that was denying a part of myself that that was overstimulated and overwhelmed um so on the other hand if i show up at the farmer's market and i unmasked you might see me sitting behind my piles of books um, with a fidget spinner in one hand, with a squishy ball in the other hand, avoiding eye contact, probably rocking back and forth in my chair. Those are behaviors that soothe me and make me feel more comfortable and regulated. And they would actually allow me to stay at the market longer without burning so much energy. But can you imagine if you saw an author sitting behind their books and they didn't make eye contact with you and they were rocking back and forth in their chair, even though it's not a rocking chair. <laughs> or they were maybe fidgeting with one hand, you get the impression that that person is not professional. And that's sad for me to say, it really is. Like we should not have these stereotypes, but you suddenly get the, the idea that this person probably isn't a good writer. Like, I don't know if I wanna write, read their books cause they can't even look me in the eye and talk to me. Um, so why would I want to, why would I trust that their writing is professional and polished? So can you see what I'm saying about the difficulty of taking the mask off is that when you have the mask on, you put it on for a reason. You put it on because people like it and people accept you when you're wearing it. You take it off and you feel better yourself, but people are less interested in you, less drawn to you, might think that you're different or odd. So there's a real big conflict there. And I just wanted to bring some awareness to the fact that 
as autistic adult women, and I'm this might, and I think this probably applies to men too, that there's this weird mix of emotions of, of saying, I finally understand myself. Receiving this diagnosis, I finally feel like I understand myself. I finally feel like I can love myself wholly and that I can allow myself to be seen by others to some degree. And then there's this, this other side of the coin that hits you in the face and reminds you, you are hiding this part of yourself for a reason. This part of you does not fit into this society. That sounds harsh and sad to say. Um, and I don't think that's always true, but it's kind of a, a message that you get throughout your life as an autistic person is you don't really fit in. You're too different. Um, this, this society wasn't made to respect and recognize someone that acts like you or talks like you. So that's hard and that's sad. And that's one reason why it's really important for us to embrace neurodiversity and recognize that some people um, being their true self will come across different to us. And we might feel afraid or nervous because unknown is, ner is nerve wracking for human beings. So if you see somebody who's different than you, you tend to feel nervous or afraid probably. And that's normal, that's okay. That's a human reaction to something that's unknown or uncertain or different. But I think we need to step into that, that unknown and be willing to see other people and gain empathy for them to, to wonder, you know, what's their perspective like? Maybe I can ask them or do my own learning from lots of books or online to understand why is this person acting the way they do? Why, why um, are they doing these things that I don't understand? and coming to try to understand. The thing is, I know that you can't fully understand another person just by reading a book or looking online or something, but that effort means a lot. For somebody who feels like a minority, who feels misunderstood, if you're taking the time to try to learn, that means a lot. Um, Kind of like if you can imagine, I love studying foreign language, as I've mentioned, any language really, but particularly Chinese, ASL, Spanish, Portuguese. Um, and I found that when I meet someone who speaks one of those languages and I try to communicate with them, I know that my Spanish won't sound great or that my Chinese will be limited to a few sentences, but have you ever seen the reaction of someone when you do that, when you speak their language and their, their eyes light up and their eyebrows shoot up and they smile and they say, you speak, you speak Chinese or you speak Spanish and they get this excitement about them. And even if you say, oh, I'm still learning or I only know a little bit, they feel this pride for you and they, they feel this connection with you instantly. And I think that's the same experience that we can have with people who are autistic or people who are um, LGBTQIA or people who are different than you. If you're willing to put in a little effort to learn and understand what they're experiencing, they, they will probably have that same countenance that lights up and says, wow, you're learning about me? You know, you're learning my language. Like, thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm excited for you. And let me help you. And let me teach you. <laughs> that won't always be the experience, but that's usually been my experience. 
both with um, learning a language or learning about a person's identity or culture. So there's some things for us to think about this week. I hope that um, just like I'm learning to have kindness and compassion for myself as an autistic person, and I'm I'm seeking people who who feel that for me even as I unmask and even as I show my truer self, I hope that you can give yourself that same grace and kindness and find ways to show it to the people around you. All opinions expressed in this podcast are my own. I do not represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I hope you enjoyed listening today. And you know what? Instead of saying, have a great day, I'm going to say, have a day. It might be a good one. It might not. And that's okay. Keep growing. Keep loving yourself. You've got this. Do you have an experience or story you'd like to share? This podcast is all about hearing people's stories so that we can gain greater empathy. So if you'd like to share your story, just contact us at empathybuildingpodcast at gmail.com. That's empathybuildingpodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon.